Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. As an agribusiness expert with Alliant Energy and a farmer, I know how important it is to get the most out of your land. I know that also applies to getting the most out of how your farm uses energy. That's why Alliant Energy offers free farm energy assessments. With a farm energy assessment, someone like me will find all kinds of ways to help you save money and energy. We can even connect you with rebates to help make energy equipment upgrades even more affordable. Schedule your free assessment at AlliantEnergy.com slash FarmEnergyAssessment. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, and we are live, but we got to let it breathe just for a moment. Apologies for our tardiness, gang. Uh, you know how it is this time of year. What's going on with the draft? Recapping everything, all the buzz, all the news, all the analysis. We are swamped, but in the best sense. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up! Podcast, a gut reaction. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my partner in crime, my fellow football priest, and also the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, I know you had a chance to kind of scratch the surface on some of the draft you know, reaction earlier today on Kelberman's Corner, but uh, let's just off the cuff, your gut reaction to – George Payton's first official draft class as a, as a GM. And uh, we don't necessarily need to grade it right this moment, but just kind of your overall 10,000 foot reaction. I'm overall really impressed, Chad, because it's obvious that we could say they added talent for the here and now, Sertan, Javante Williams, but he added some players in this draft that are for the future, you know, Miners and Seth Williams. It was overall a, a all-encompassing draft for George Payton, and it showed to me, I said this on KK today, how far-reaching Payton's vision really is for the organization. He's not thinking for 2021 solely. Whereas it seemed like under John Elway, he was thinking for the here and now and constantly kicking the can down the road. Well, George Payton can see the can down the road, and he's operating for 22, 23, 24, 25, and so on. He has a six-year contract. So overall, he added uh, a, a good mixture of talent. He addressed mostly every position. Would I have liked a pure right tackle higher up in the draft, not have to wait for undrafted for agency? Sure. But there's always going to be one gripe in a draft class. And for a rookie GM, not an easy job, especially in Denver. I thought he did a really good job sticking to his guns, Chad, despite all of the other outside noise and static. I mean, honestly, I loved the draft. And I don't don't just like the draft. I loved his draft class. And it reinforced what we have been trying to tell everybody on this podcast for three months, even that, you know, we'll say half of the community who didn't want to hear it, that the Broncos – are a lot more comfortable and confident with Drew Locke than media, all right? And you add Teddy Bridgewater to that equation a day before the draft, Zach, and, you know, they're okay. I was not expecting even, you know, when the chips were down and we were live and it was the Thursday night first round, you know, war room, I was not expecting a quarterback, even with 
Justin Fields and Mac Jones there at nine, I still maintain that was the right decision passing on a quarterback because a quarterback is not going to help you win this year. This is about giving Vic Fangio every conceivable tools act to succeed in 2021. This is the last hurrah for Fangio. And if it doesn't work out with drew out with Vic out with Pat Shermer. And so this is George Payton. This was George Payton really trying to, Say, all right, turn around, Vic. Let me see that quiver. All right, arrow, 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 arrow. All right, you know, go go hunt some bears. That's what he did. He loaded him up, sent him off into the wilderness, but now he's loaded for bear. Yeah, and we said this on the night before the draft when the Broncos acquired Teddy Bridgewater. To me, that was the clearest indication they were going to bypass a quarterback in round one. But it's easy to, to analyze that, that they that they bypassed that round one quarterback, but they didn't take one in the second round, in the third round, in the fourth round, fifth, sixth, seventh. They didn't even pick one up as an undrafted free agent, Chad, so it's obvious. I mean, you can talk about Aaron Rodgers and, and keeping that hope alive, but based on the way Peyton talked about Bridgewater and Locke, this is a true blue competition, 50-50 right down the middle and may the best man win. I'm right there with you. We are strictly in the minority. I mean, we are literally probably the only two among Broncos country who didn't think the Broncos would add any quarterback in this draft. But are we surprised? No. We've been telling our listeners this for months now. Peyton genuinely likes Drew Locke, and he hedged that bet by acquiring Teddy Bridgewater. Between the veteran, between the still-up-and-coming, developing Locke, I think he's he feels comfortable there. Got a super chat from Tom up there in Canada. Appreciate you, brother. And it speaks to a, a topic that uh, is pretty front of brain, I think, right now, Zach, for much of our community. And that is, well, I'll just read Tom's, Tom's super here. He says, guys, how come your fellow MHH podcasters diss Drew so much? Am I missing something here? Are we the only ones that see something in luck? So it's funny that you that was the first super chat of the night, Zach, because I received multiple uh, DMs and emails from our listeners saying that we're actually quite frustrated that they felt like Drew Locke was getting trashed on our live, uh, you know, draft streams, our war rooms. Well, guys, look, it's true that Zach and I, when we say we're in the minority relative to the whole Drew Locke conversation, we are. And it's not just at large, but also internally at MHH. Almost everyone who is, I mean, especially the draft guys, they're pretty much off the Drew train. I mean, that's it. Like they're they're now in doubting Thomas form. Believe it when I see it. And if you think think about this for a second, guys, because our job is not to as analysts. All right, our job is not to blow smoke up your skirt. So if I'm an analyst that believes X, I'm not gonna try. I might try and sugarcoat it a little, but if I believe X, I'm just gonna tell you this is what I see, and that's how it is for those guys. Similar to us, we tell you how we see it. They tell you how they see it. Now, you know, if I wanted to be critical, I could say constructively, I could say, guys, hey, can you cushion the blow a little bit and not tell Broncos country Drew Locks, you know, the worst quarterback of all time? You know, <laughs> let's let's cool it with the hyperbole here. But nevertheless, Tom, you're you're in the manger. All right. Your football priests are here. It's all good. All right. George Payton concurs with us. All right. With this podcast, with with this majority community. They're going all in on Drew. And the reason why, too, Zach, and I want to serve this back over to you, you know, is it's in the best interest of the Broncos to give it one last swirl, one last try, because they've gone this far with Drew. They put in the time, the development, the energies into Drew. They've suffered through the pitfalls, the trial, the errors, the ups, the downs. And this is literally that 
crucial point of hey, if it's if all if it's ever going to work for Jula, this is when it works. And so, look, they're not going to say, hey, we're giving up on it right at the precipice of when it could actually start paying dividends for us, all our sacrifices and investments. We're going to go ahead and throw that investment away and just take some more money out of the bank, go throw it into this you know, stock. Well, hey, you pulled out right at the last second. This was about to pay a huge dividend for you, and that's money that you missed. Right. Yeah, it's like those top shot collectibles on Twitter, the NBA highlights, whatever they are. It's like, why would you sell it now? You know, collect it and, and sell it when the value goes higher, see what you have in it. And if Paxson Lynch, Shad, can get three years to at least get a chance to start, why can't Drew Locke? And I hate to break this to Broncos country, Drew Locke is not Paxson Lynch. He's a much better quarterback. I can't tell anyone what to think or what to say about Locke. Everyone's entitled to their own opinions. They think that about us, the other podcast hosts, and we think that about them. That's what makes America great. Everyone can think different things. We're not all on the same wavelength. But I feel like maybe he's analyzed through too much of a prism of stats and analytics. I mean, if you just watch him the second half of the season, if you watch him with your eyes and you trust your intuition, you can see a quarterback that's still kind of blossoming. You see a quarterback that still has that natural arm talent, and you see a general manager the entire offseason that was willing to stay with that, that was willing to invest in that. And you can criticize Peyton for putting that faith in Drew Locke, but it was obvious after last year a ruined crappy year all around his first year he only had five starts he won four of them so why wouldn't he get another shot so i'm gonna call it like it is you said it chad perfectly we're never gonna just be you know blinders on and say Locke is the best quarterback ever he's a future hall of famer let's get his bust in canton now he has a lot to work on a lot he has to clean up a lot of things to his game to even be treading water in the NFL, but at least give him that opportunity. And if he's given that opportunity and there's no excuses this year, and it goes for everyone in the organization, from Vic Fangio on down, the coaches to the players, there is no excuse. And if Locke gets that chance and he bombs or he doesn't improve on last year, then he should be gone and will be gone. But at least let him get to that point and then judge him on that merit alone. Edward, thank you for the super chat, brother. It's great to see you. He says, Peyton nailed the draft. I'm so excited for the season. Thanks, Chad and Zach. Denver Broncos for life. State of being. Let him hate. Very cool, Ed. Really appreciate it. The stream's about to jump, so I'm going to grab Ben Roth here before it does. Uh, and we're flying without John, by the way. Buona Beast is not with us tonight. He's got some family um, time that he needed to take care of. So he'll be back soon. In the meantime, guys, we might not be quite as fluid, quite as smooth getting to everything that we might normally, but we remain committed to our ethos of not letting one super chat superstar out in the cold. We'll get to every super tonight. Don't you worry. Ben, thank you, dog. Broncos are all in on Drew. He better take a big step because the 2022 QB class doesn't look great. You know, that's really an eye of the beholder situation. And I want to talk about this, the, the whole quarterback class uh, thing for 2022. Zach, we'll, we'll get to that real quick, though. Some matters of business. Hey, make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod, the main account at Mile High Huddle. All right. Our producer, Buona Beast, who is not with us tonight, but he'll be back soon. You want to connect with him? Where does where does Banner go? Well, it's at John K M H H. I can't find his banner. Where the Sam Hill is it? Uh, and then my partner here, let me, let me take this off screen real quick. This is weird. There's some settings in here from the, from the streams that, uh, it's not, hold on. Like the display names keep flying off. There we go. As you can see on the screen, my partner in crime, Zach Kelberman at Kelberman NFL. 
myself at Chad and Jensen. All right. Uh, today was a great conversation, a great episode of Kelberman's Corner on Facebook for our Facebook super supporters. If you want access to Kelberman's Corner, which is every Sunday at noon Mountain Time, and the Trickle Zone, which is every Saturday at noon, plus the additional content we are rolling out here, go to our Facebook page. It's not hard to find. Open up Facebook on your phone, Mile High Huddle. You'll see the big blue button to become a supporter. Click that. It's five bucks a month. You're in like Flynn. You get access to our premium VIP video and podcast content. And we appreciate each one of you who has uh, subscribed and who is supporting us over there. Uh, but that's how you do it, guys. That's how you get access to it. Check out the merch store when you get a minute. HuddleUpPod.com. Easy to remember. HuddleUpPod.com. Get your swag on. Get a football priest hat. Get a dad hat. Get a mug. Get a face mask. little something for everybody. Another way to support what we're doing here. And then, guys, if you're not in a position to do those things, it's all good. We're just stoked to have you with us. Make sure you're subscribed. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. I'm Su Lin Wong, host of The Prince, a new podcast series from The Economist. It's about China's leader, Xi Jinping. He's the most powerful man in the world, but he remains a mystery. His story is hidden behind a brutal censorship and propaganda machine. After 10 years in charge, it looks like he'll break convention to stay on, perhaps for the rest of his life. I'll tell the real story of China's leader, the lessons he learned from watching his parents lose everything and from rising through the ranks of a vicious regime. Now, he's using those lessons to control over a billion people. He's changed China, he's changed my life, and the decisions he makes affect us all. To understand what's next, you need to know where he came from. Listen to The Prince from The Economist, wherever you get your podcasts. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, especially key on YouTube, key on Spotify, or if you're on Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening, like this video, guys. It's a small thing you can do that's very solid for us. If you're watching on YouTube and Facebook, give it a like. You guys have no idea how much that can help us grow. And the third thing, hey, even if we disagree on some of the key topics, if you respect the effort, the litmus test, that's number three. Share this video out there. Help us continue to grow. 
and reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. All right, Zach, the topic of the 2022 quarterback class, you know, again, we've touched on this before, but there, as it sits right now, it's not a blow your hair back class. All right. Sitting here in, in May of 2021, but look at the quarterbacks who went in the first round just now. All right. Outside of Trevor Lawrence, not one of those guys was projected to be a first round pick. Not one. All right. What does that mean? Zach, that means the college football season is going to dictate how good the quarterback class is in 2022. Are we there yet? Obviously not. So you can't be tripping on, and the Broncos obviously were not tripping on, oh, it's looking a little shallow at this time. No, they're just like, all right, what's it? What's in front of us today? And that's what they base their decision on. I feel like, Chad, you and I are the adults driving the car and Broncos country are the kids in the back seat screaming, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? We're going to get this question every single podcast until next draft, especially if Drew Locke bombs in Denver and Teddy Bridgewater bombs this year. We never know what's going to shape up to be next year. Like you said, Chad, who is eyeing Zach Wilson in the top five? Who had Trey Lance in the top three? Nobody. Even players like Kellen Mond, Davis Mills, Kyle Trask. I didn't want him, but there's always quarterbacks that rise up and rise up and rise up the draft board. But we can't think about 2022 just yet, Chad. We have to be confident and we have to be self-assured in this Broncos roster that if the Broncos can get just average quarterback play, literally just average to above average with this roster, with the pieces they have on the coaching staff and the infusion of talent this offseason, there is no reason why. Why they can't make a playoff push, even with someone like Locke under center this season. Absolutely. Hey, let's grab uh, Brandon Harden. Thank you for the super chat, brother. Always great to see you. He says, Bama Broncos, I'm very impressed with George Payton's first draft, as are we. We'll get into grades as we get a little bit, uh, a little bit farther into the show. But both of us were impressed for the most part. I mean, really, the only pick the Broncos made – Yesterday, and we'll go through each pick here in a little bit. But Zach, the only one that the Broncos made where I was like, really, was Seth Williams, the wide receiver yeah. from Auburn. And it's not because he's a wide receiver. I think Eric Trickle's finding Broncos um, scouting report on Seth really spelled out the issue here. It's not that he doesn't bring a unique skill set to the table, it's that he doesn't bring a complementary skill set to the table. You already have two really, really good my ball X boundary receivers in Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. And that's what Seth Williams is. Now you have a good route, two good route running wideouts in Jerry Judy and Deshaun Hamilton and a really explosive, just kind of weapon in KJ Hamler, plus a Tyree Cleveland who kind of is a little bit of all those things. You know, he kind of is an amalgamation of, of all those skill sets. I didn't quite understand that until Zach, we heard from Vic Fangio and George Payton on Saturday uh, yes, on Saturday, that really it was a the, the primary motivation there was, of course, they like his skill set as a receiver, but they really like what he can do on special teams. He's they're expecting him. In fact, all of day three, almost every one of those picks was with an eye in mind for special teams depth. 
Yeah, I, I wrote this on Twitter and I said it on KK today. The Broncos did a lot of favors for Tom McMahon this offseason, not just in the draft. How about picking up a guy like Mike Boone solely for his special team's prowess? Seth Williams, I wasn't crazy about the pick, but I understand it. This is forward-thinking uh, logic on George Payton's part. More than likely, you can't pay Tim Patrick next year. You're probably going to get rid of Deshaun Hamilton. By the way, I'm surprised he wasn't traded during the draft, but he looks like a cut candidate later this summer. Seth Williams kind of like can be what Juwan Winfrey was supposed to be a couple years ago. No pressure to perform, no immediate expectations, just learn the offense and be that special teams guy, the number five receiver. At least he comes from a, a good program in Auburn. He's not some no-name Division three guy. I, I think it's uh, for depth, for Tom McMahon's sake, I think it was a decent pick, but I wasn't wild about it. All right, here's a super chat from Tom that we are having to uh, put in the old-fashioned way as a banner because the stream jumped it. Appreciate you again, Tom. Locke is raw and gifted uh, talent and hope they don't get rid of him before he balls out somewhere else. I'd be really ticked. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you, bro. Yeah, I mean, that's part of the that's part of the rationale. We know that purportedly, I mean, no one was in the room, right? No one here was in the room, obviously. Purportedly, during the conversations with the Lions back in January about, you know, sniffing around Matthew Stafford as a potential trade, the Lions were like, all right, yeah, here's one, you know, we want a first, we want this, and we want Drew Locke. And George Payton dragged his heels on that. He was like, mm, the Drew Locke was the bridge too far. Why? If Drew Locke sucks so badly, why was George Payton reticent, Zach, to part with him for a quarterback that's a lot more proven? Basically, he's this, the ultimate ceiling of what Drew might be is Matthew Stafford, and he could probably give you another good five years, Matthew Stafford, you know, before Father Time comes calling. I think you and I were kind of split on Stafford. I never thought he was like this wonderful, great quarterback. I think he was decent in Detroit, but I didn't want the Broncos to give up what the Rams gave up to acquire him. And, you know, I don't want to make this a Drew Lock podcast. We have a lot to talk about with the draft, but I will say it speaks volumes that George Payton at every turn this offseason to address quarterback, to upgrade quarterback, he made one move exactly and that was acquiring Teddy Bridgewater at a reduced cost the night before the draft. Whether you want to hear it or not, if you don't think that Peyton has confidence or at least some sort of optimism in Drew Locke, I think that's uh, a little delusional. Albert, good to see you. One of our great Facebook super supporters. He says, good evening, gentlemen. I'm really excited about the draft. Go, Drew, and the Broncos. Great to see you, buddy. Yeah, it was uh, – I mean, the Broncos checked so many boxes. Let me – just setting aside the quarterback issue for a moment, and then I want to be able to go through each pick as we catch up and, and address each one of the topics on the minds of our Super Chat superstars. The one position conspicuously missed was offensive tackle. You know, they, they ended up taking, of course, uh, Quinn Miners in the third round, an interior offensive lineman who the team expects to compete initially as a center, all right, pushing Lloyd Cushenberry. Broncos still love Lloyd, but they were not content with his rookie body of work. And similar to Drew, you know, all of the rookies last year really had a raw deal, Zach, and that they didn't get the, you know, they didn't get the off season. They didn't get the uh, training camp. They didn't get preseason. They were just from the fire into the far- frying pan. And some, some of the guys were able to kind of get their bearings and, you know, credit to, to Kush for starting every game. Availability is key, but he left much to be desired and bringing in, Quinn Miners is going to push him in that sense, but no offensive tackle. Now we'll talk about who the Broncos signed after the draft as college free agent. They signed one, 
but it's a college free agent and he's a relative no name from, I want to say Illinois state. So that's the one thing that made me scratch my head a little bit, Zach. But then we learned from Peyton and Fangio that Broncos were targeting a few different tackles and every time they were about to get their guy, you know, relative to the value they were willing to, you know, spend on him, a team in front of them, one or two spots would take him. Yeah, I get that, and I believe that, but, like, you've had you had multiple chances in the second round, the third round, the fourth round, and so on. I mean, just take one guy. I mean, it, you might not get your guy, but just take a right tackle, not have to wait until the college street free agent period, Chad. And I know I, I put this question on Twitter that the Broncos really are putting all their eggs in Juwan James' basket, which is a terrifying proposition. But I got some comments back that mentioned Calvin Anderson. And maybe, I don't know, but is he – is he in Canton, Chad? Does he have a bot? I mean, he's he ha- he looked good in spot duty, but would you want to risk the entire offensive line to Calvin Anderson? This is the one area the Broncos just refuse to invest premium capital in right tackle. I-, I'm, I was surprised by that. I like the minor selection for the interior, even though I think it's more for Glasgow than it is for Cushenberry, but I would have liked to right tackle at some point in seven rounds. Jake King, good to see you, buddy. Appreciate the super. He says, I hope everyone enjoyed it as much as I did. I loved all the picks we made. Wouldn't have minded Fields in the first, but I think Patrick Sertan, by the way, we got confirmation. It's not Sertain. The man himself was kind enough to, to answer. How do you pronounce your name? Sertan is going to be great. Who was y'all's favorite pick? Easy Good question. Um, my favorite pick Probably going to say Baron Browning in where they got him in the third pick 105. Great value, phenomenal value. I mean, MHH had him as a as a round two grade, and you literally got him with the last pick in the third round. Zach, it's amazing. I mean, that's a top 40 guy. We all had him go. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice. 
or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. And now, shop what you love and save $2 on each participating item when you buy three or more with your card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Going in the second round to get him at 105 is tremendous value. And not just a value pick, you're getting a dynamic missile in the middle of the defense. You're getting a linebacker, you're getting a safety, you're getting a hybrid, you're getting what the Broncos have been missing for five years, and that is a weapon to stop, hopefully, the Kelseys, the Darren Wallers, and all the other running backs and tight ends around the NFL that have decimated Denver the last five years or so. I love with a capital L and all caps, love the Baron Browning pick. Uh, I like the Sertan pick too, Chad. I mean, you're getting the quarterback one, without having to give up any capital, fell right into your lap, and is going to help your defense for years to come. Yeah, I mean, I could. I was happy with Sertan. Was he my favorite corner? No, but at the same time, I trust Fangio knows what he sees, you know? And the more I watch Sertan, it's not that I didn't study Sertan at all. I did, but I don't have tons of time to sit and break down film over film over film. The more I've watched him just since the draft, the more I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, this, is, this kid's going to be legit – you know, the biggest issue with Sertan was never talent. It was, is he the right scheme fit for the Broncos? And if you get the ringing endorsement from the man whose scheme, you know, the brainchild of the scheme, then don't even trip on it anymore. He's saying this guy is a scheme fit, so throw it out the window. Uh, David uh, on Facebook, he wants to know, I can't super chat. Why? David, if you want to super chat, you have to go over to YouTube. However, you can still support the show while on Facebook. When you comment, like you just did, all right, there's a little option for sending stars. If you attach stars to your comment, it does support the channel monetarily. Uh, Mark Langley in the hizzy, good to see you, brother. Appreciate you and all your support throughout all those streams, man. Zach and I saw you, even if we weren't on it, you know, every minute and every second of those streams, we saw the support, we saw your engagement, and uh, just know we appreciate you. What's up to you, man? Hope you're doing well. Thanks, Mark. Um, all right, let, let me take a quick look here. We got a lot to get to, uh, so I don't want to – I want to go through this relatively quickly, but Zach, let me just pull up in case just for the sake of posterity here, let's get it on the record uh, for the huddle up podcast, your Denver Broncos 10 player class uh, from the 2021 draft. All right. To wit Patrick Sertan round one. All right. Good pick. Solid pick round two. Zach was a little bit controversial. Yeah. Not because Javante Williams isn't a stud. This dude's a stud. A lot of draft Knicks I trust and respect, uh, ultimately. They said this was the number one running back in the class. This dude is legit. And if you turn on any of his tape and watch him, I mean, he can catch, he can run, he can block. But this is a former linebacker, all right, turn running back. When he's got the ball in his hands, you guys remember Jawan Thompson, right, number 40, former college free agent, tried him up running back for a while, then fullback, big-time special teams contributor, also a former converted uh, linebacker to running back. You know, he didn't have the talent that Javon William, uh, Javante Williams does, but he was a guy that when he had the ball in his hands, his instinct was punish all comers. This guy is just like it. So the Broncos gave up a fourth-round pick to get him. Uh, Terry Fontenot of the Atlanta Falcons made that deal with the Broncos. They jumped five spots, took Javante Williams, but – I really don't have too many bones about this, Zach. I think this is a guy who can not only immediately contribute, 
But I think he'll push Melvin Gordon, bring out the best in Melvin, and this is your RB1 in 2022. Yeah, I like this move a lot. And you mentioned Juwan Thompson. That's a good comp. Another one, it's a little bit of a random name, but Chris Ivory. I don't know how many people remember him. He was a very, very violent runner. He initiated contact. He was like a bull in a china shop. And I see a lot of the same similarities with Javante Williams. And the good thing is you mentioned pushing Melvin Gordon, making him better. He's going to push Melvin Gordon off the roster, him and his $8 million. I mean, this is your future RB1, like you said, three-down skill set, can run, can catch, can pass protect. And ask Philip Lindsay what he thinks of this move, Chad. Yeah. Not a big fan. What was the subtweet? Some like laughing, crying, yeah, laughing, emojis. crying emojis. That's all he said. But that's this is you know I, I believe Philip Lindsay on steroids. This is a guy who has a true three down skill set, and this is your RB one going forward for the next hopefully five, seven, ten years. Uh, in part of the uh, so after after they moved up and grabbed him, all right, with their third round pick, they traded back with the Giants, and then they traded back again, this time with the with the Saints. And in so doing, they picked up an additional third-round pick. So the first pick was Quinn Miners. Now, he's a Division three small yeah. school. You worry a little bit, <clears throat> you know, on the surface. But if you look into this guy's track record, watch what little film there is available of him, but just read his story, you don't got to worry about level of competition with this guy, all right? Because, you know, the best scouts, um, I think it's – Scott Kennedy, I think, is the one who initially from Bill, uh, from uh, Broncos for Breakfast told me this. You know, when it comes to small school doubts and, and reservations, the bottom line is, did that person dominate his level of competition? And in his case, yes, Quinn Miners played Division three football for Wisconsin Whitewater, but he was almost across the board. Anytime he stepped on the field, Zach, he was the best player on the field. And look, he missed all of 2020 because his conference canceled all of college football for the for the 2020 season. But he stayed in shape. I mean, the way this guy stayed in shape, phenomenal out in the out in the forest in Wisconsin on an <laughs> island, you know, running into trees, you know, upending them, pulling them out by the roots. I mean, this dude's an animal. Uh, and then he got the invite to the senior bowl and it was all downhill from there. But this was one of my second. This is probably my second, maybe third favorite pick in this class just because. This is a this is a out of the box starter. I mean, this is a guy that could start day one if you needed him to, and he's going to push the whole competition. Yeah, with his following and his whole persona, he reminds me of like the Garner Minshew of offensive linemen, Chad. Mm-hmm. Except he's actually you know deserving of that distinction, of that reputation, and that kind of celebrity. I like this pick a lot. You know, I would have preferred maybe a pure right tackle. I thought the Broncos were fine at guard. Reisner, I think, will bounce back. Hopefully, Glasgow earns his money this year. And Cushenberry, I thought Chad wasn't terrible last year. Was he amazing? No, he played every snap on offense. I think he got better as they went along. They played three different quarterbacks last year. The offense was in disarray half the time. That's not an easy position to learn center as a rookie. That's the quarterback of the OL. But I I like the Miners pick a lot. He's he's an animal. He's a low-firing, hard-nosed, just a beast in run blocking. But you have Natani Muti as well. So how many really interior linemen do you need? You only play three at a time. Hopefully he can be the... The insurance policy, if Reisner underperforms, if Cushenberry gets hurt, or Glasgow doesn't live up to that $11 million salary this year. Hey, guys, we got almost 600 with us on YouTube, another several hundred on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter. Welcome in, each and every one of you. Make sure you give this video a like while you're with us. Small thing you can do 
for enjoying the content and helping us out as the creators. Larry Vaughn, good to see you, bro. I just want to take a break here and catch up on a couple supers. Love you, buddy. He says, regardless if it's Locke, Petty, or Aaron Rodgers, the guy from the 19th row at the stadium, for heaven's sake, I just want good QB play. We feel you, man. We feel you. And that's why, it's, it's honestly, it's part of why I feel. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. The way I feel about Drew is, it's not as if, again, we've had to say this many times, it's not as if Drew has been Paxton Lynch, where just about every time he stepped on the field, it was catastrophic QB play. Far from it, all right? This guy just popped in his four, four of his five games as a rookie, and then he did this. His second year, he went like this. Injured, comes back, comes up a little bit, and then, and then boom, and steady. All right? So up and down, that's what – I mean, even George Payton, he was very up and down in 2020. But one of, what's the key word in that phrase? Up. All right? He showed some ups. And so I think with, you know, the, the whole Drew Lock conversation, Zach, people <laughs> – I think they're just reticent because it sounds like an excuse and in some way it is. But the thing that consistently gets missed on the whole Drew Locke issue is the fact that he was given a new coordinator in a pandemic influence season 
No one could see it coming. The Broncos didn't have a crystal ball. They didn't know that the freaking pandemic was going to hit or else they probably don't fire their offensive coordinator, but they did. And that played a big role in why it took all. I mean, even Pat Shermer talked about it in October. They didn't fully have what they wanted to do that year installed. That means everybody knows it. We've practiced it. We're on a level, which is done usually in OTAs by, you know, installation until freaking October guys. So, that's not to excuse Drew's downs. That's not to excuse those periods of time where you're just like, come on, dude, facepalm moments. But it's an explanation, all right? It's part of the context behind Drew. So all that is to say, Larry, apologies for the long-winded response here, Zach. All that is to say that I think now that he's getting a full offseason, it's traditional offseason with his coaches, with his teammates, if he stays healthy, that G word, good quarterback play, I'm – I'm inclined to believe you're going to get that from Drew. Well, I actually scouted the guy from the 19th row at the stadium and, you know, below average arm talent, Chad, no athleticism, career backups. We don't have to worry about him too much, but I agree with the premise here, whether it's Locke, Bridgewater, Aaron Rodgers, Brett Rippon, Blake Bortles, Jeff Driscoll, I don't care. I'll support whoever's under center. And I would hope for that quarterback to do well. I'm not literally a hundred thousand percent all in on Drew Locke. Neither is Shed. We want the Broncos to do well, not the quarterback to do well. But if whoever is the quarterback, if he does well, the team does well. It's a really simple one-to-one to follow here. So as long as Locke's under center, for as long as that, that may be, which might not be that long from now, if Teddy Bridgewater beats him out, we'll support him. But if he bombs, if he falls on his face, if he looks anything like he did the first half of last year, we'll be literally, we'll do a whole special podcast of the Huddle Up Pod condemning Drew Locke, indicting him, and kicking him out as the future of the franchise. Yeah, I mean, if it becomes, I mean, exactly. Guys, we'll know, I think, you know, about week six, what the Broncos truly yeah, have. if not before. Yeah. If not before. Uh, and you know what? If he does fall on his face or fails to launch yet again, that's when you pull the cord and you put in Teddy. And with Teddy, you can still compete. And that's assuming Drew wins the competition, which I do think he will. I really do. I think Drew will, will fend off Teddy uh, because the Broncos, in a perfect world, they want Drew to win the job. He's their draft pick. He's their investment, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when that time – if and when that time comes, we'll be the first ones to tell you, all right, guys, no mas. Contender view. Appreciate you, bro. I love the Sertan pick, but it makes me dislike the Ronald Darby signing even more. But, hey, the Broncos did not know Kyle Fuller was getting great. Indeed. But, hey, you know what, Zach? Last year, let's think about it. On paper, this time last year, it looked like, hey, after coming out of the draft, Michael O.J. Mudia, uh, Isang Bassey, plus A.J. Uh, Bouye, plus uh, – who am I missing? Bryce Callahan coming back, a few others. On paper, it looked like this team had some depth at corner – and then quickly they had to mow through that depth because of the injury bug. So you can never have too many corners. And in this case, you got not only Sertan and the and the and the two free agents, Callahan, OJ Moody, uh, Motley, Parnell Motley, but what's the kid's name? Kerry Vincent, the LSU uh, nickel corner that they drafted in the seventh round. So this is a team that now has depth. And you know, I think they're trending toward having elite depth at several positions. That's a big part of what this draft was, was, you know, when the Broncos were an elite franchise in the league under Elway just a few short years ago, one of the things we consistently wrote about was their elite depth. And yes, they were 
blessed by having a, an elite quarterback, you know, that covers a lot of holes and raises a lot of ships. But this is a team that had depth at every position. We called it elite depth. And this is a draft that really helped kind of, in my opinion, get them back to that point to where, you know, you're not munching your fingernails every time one player gets dinged going, oh, my goodness, what are the Broncos going to do? And having to rely on people named Nate Hairston to help you out in the secondary. The Broncos don't want to be there. And listen, I wasn't wild about the Darby signing, not because of the player, because of the contract. I think the Broncos panicked just a little bit. They overreacted. They badly needed cornerback help, and he was among the best on the open market. But we've mentioned this multiple times before. I have on KK several times. Fuller and Callahan are in contract years. Bassey is now an injury risk. Darby is an injury risk. And who else do you really have back there? I'm not willing to rely on Michael Ojemudia just yet as anything more than a cornerback three. So looking down the road, that's why Peyton made that pick for Sertan. Not necessarily for this year, even though, Chad, they have the deepest and I think the best by far secondary in the NFL now. He's thinking for 22 when it's likely, if not guaranteed, they're not going to resign Fuller and Callahan. The better ex-Bear will get the investment. And and then you have to think Darby's not going to be here for five, seven years. He's here for a couple years. And by then, Sertan should be established as the quarterback cornerback one. So I'm not hating on this pick too much. I understand why he made it. And the Darby salary, the contract he gave him, it was true. Before Fuller got cut, before he was he was knowing where he wanted to go in the draft, I like it, Chad. He attacked the Broncos' biggest weakness and made it a strength. I mean, guys, let's just look at the starting three on paper. All right, Kyle Fuller, boundary. Bryce Callahan, nickel. Ronald Darby, boundary. Anything happens to any one of those guys, next man up, Pat Sertan, are you freaking kidding me? What if something happens to your nickel? Next man up, you give it a, a shot with the song bossy. But if he's not cutting it, you got Kerry Vincent, who, let me tell you something, scrappy. If this dude was two inches taller and 15 pounds heavier, he was a day two pick. That's, this dude's good. Ball hawk, intense, scrappy, little corner. All right? Well, and if something, let's say Darby goes down, Michael O.J. Moody, you got depth across the board, and now you can sleep well and easy at night shout out to our facebook supporters our super supporters over there our star senders uh randy love you buddy dave glassman love you bro gary leeds palmer you the man and then we, what do we got we got an avenger here with us <laughs> that's a cool Ooh. name very cool guys appreciate you thank you guys uh, cody potter in the house as well good to see you brother he says i feel like denver would have traded back with chicago to get 2022 picks if the Rogers news never happened, plus being put on the list, we we getting Aaron. Yeah, that was a very tumultuous Thursday night because literally as we were about to go live with the pre-draft show, we went live, I don't know, 20 minutes before the draft officially kicked off. That was the height of Aaron to Denver, the rumors. And Mark Schlereth, who fell on the sword, he said, look, guys, you know, I think it was on the Pat McAfee show I saw today, Zach. Schlereth appeared, and they're asking him about the, his report that the deal to Aaron to Denver is this close to being done. And what gives, man? How come you reported that? And he said, look, I'm not, I'm not a journalist. All right, I've got my sources, which he does. And I was told by someone I trust and someone who's been very reliable information-wise in years past that it was done. And then he even said, Zach, Mark Schlereth, that he even got a text from Aaron Rodgers. What are you hearing, bro? He wanted to know, like, is this happening? 
Very, I don't know that I believe that. You know, <laughs> he's walking this back entirely now. And if you're not sure, if you play that card, I'm not a journalist. Why even put it out there? That's the whole problem with social media and gotcha journalism. Everyone wants to be first and not be right. But to Schlerer's credit, it was also, I believe, Dave Logan who was furthering that rumor. He was the first that I saw to report the Rodgers deal could happen by Thursday night. And then as quickly as those rumors came on, they completely went away. Something happened there. I've never seen that before where multiple insiders, local and national, were reporting things were happening and there was uh, smoke turning to fire and then it just fizzled. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Hey, real quick, Zach, I don't know if it's possible, but on your end with wherever you might be in the stream, do you have access to Casey Nickel? Um, very I generous super. I think it jumped. The last one it, I have is 851. 851. All right, so 651. Yeah, that, that's in between. We'll get to you, Casey, and we're going to get to also straightforward. Some of these, because we don't have John with us, we have to reverse engineer. So, Zach, while I get a few of those queued up, why don't you start things off with one of our longtime yeah. superstars, Aaron Lynch. Aaron, we appreciate you. It's good to see you dropping a $10 super. Thank you so much. Hope you hope you enjoyed the draft. Hope you're having a nice weekend. Uh, he says, Sertan will be fun to watch, but I'm really looking forward to seeing what kind of player Jamar Johnson can become. See ball, get ball. I appreciate all you fellas do. Last few days have been a blast. Aaron, great, great, wonderful point. You and I are sharing a brain completely on KK today. I referenced Jamar Johnson. I like that safety pick much more than Stearns, and I, I, I cited what Jamar Johnson said on Twitter after he was selected, see ball, get ball. This guy is a playmaking machine, and I think the Broncos got really good value. This could be the next Justin Simmons a mid to kind of late round pick no one really saw coming, and he blossoms into one of the better safeties in the game. Jamar Johnson, Kareem Jackson, and Justin Simmons, that is some safety trio, Chad. And combined with those cornerbacks that we've mentioned, suddenly the secondary is very imposing. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think, and this is an article coming out very soon tonight at some point after our podcast from Lance Sanderson, who referenced a pro football focus article uh, that said that, let me just quote this real quick. He said, Johnson sliding this far wasn't a complete shock as we at PFF were a lot higher than most on the Indiana safety tackling issues, which Fangio referenced and a lack of experience were two of the biggest things scaring teams away as he had a 22.5% missed tackle rate over his career. And he has played just shy of 800 snaps in that span. Uh, Then he goes on to say, still the coverage ability Johnson flashed in his smaller sample size is too good to ignore. He played all over the field for the Hoosiers and thrived in every role he played, displaying the nimble feet and smooth hips that are required on the back end in the NFL. Johnson produced an 89.3 coverage grade, whoop de doo in Indiana uh, that featured seven interceptions. Now that's something to pay attention to. Six forced incompletions, a perfect fit for Fangio's defense, and a fantastic addition to an already stacked secondary close quote. So, yeah, he's uh, – he's, I concur with what you said. He's one of those guys – you know, day three guys that could end up being the dark horse sleeper where you look back retrospectively three, four years from now, and you're going, this is the guy that made the Danny Trevathan in the sixth round type of impact, yep. Malik Jackson in the fifth round type of impact for, for this team. 
Yeah, and you know, Chad, aside from Simmons, the Broncos really have no one in that secondary that forces interceptions, that forces turnovers. And now Jamar Johnson, if he gets some playing time, which I think he should as the number three safety, I mean, just having him out there with that lockdown, no-fly zone 2.0 defense, he can be allowed to run unabated throughout the back end of the defense, making plays, running to the ball carrier, being in the box, being in coverage. I really like this pick a lot. It might be top three for me in this draft class. I mean, Justin Simmons is a ball hawk. He's got – he's – over the last three years, he's amongst the league's leading in terms of interceptions. But Kareem Jackson, this is his last year. You talked about it a lot, Zach, today during Kelberman's Corner – in fact, there's a clip of that right now rolling around on YouTube that you guys who are not subscribers on Facebook can see of Zach talking about Jamar Johnson, but really intriguing pick. And PFS quote there helps you understand why he was chosen after Caden Stearns because the Broncos drafted another safety ahead of Jamar Johnson, which we'll get to here in a moment. The reason why? Well, Caden Stearns was a more known commodity in the scouting community, and so the Broncos knew that we want them both. We think, though, if we want – uh, Caden Stearns, we got to use a pick now. And because we're confident that when we come back on, Jamar will be there. And sure enough, they were right. Uh, straightforward 07. Appreciate you, brother. He says three bucks for Drew and number three uh, for Drew for the number three draft picks were excellent. Very cool, brother. Appreciate Thank that. You. It was definitely, I mean, I'm, look, it was a vote of confidence for Drew Locke. What has unfolded since Thursday? A vote of confidence. Uh, Call of Judy, you the man. He says, I hate how clueless the media is about us, talking about the Broncos, saying that we have the worst roster in the division by looking at the quarterback position. This is a playoff team with average QB play. We both concur. That's why I'm telling you, like, Drew, and I'm confident that having Teddy there is going to bring out the best version of Drew Locke you have seen as a fan yet, all right? But if it doesn't, say I'm wrong, and Drew struggles and fails, he gets the starting nod to open the season. If the Broncos pull the plug on him and insert Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy can win games with this team. you got a phenomenal supporting cast on offense. Look, look Teddy's not going to blow the doors down with arm talent. He's not some oozing traits, uber-athletic signal caller. He's just a great leader, big football brain, and very measured as a game manager in the best sense. All right. You can win with him if push comes to show. I don't know who said that exactly, but I would easily take the Broncos roster over the Raiders, especially after the draft they had. And you know what? I would take the Broncos roster easily over the Chargers. I mean, you can Herbert aside, quarterback aside, every other position. I think the Broncos trump Los Angeles in. So I don't really care what anyone is saying, any media outlet, any analyst right now. This is why we say let him hate. It doesn't apply to just Drew Locke. It applies to the whole Broncos franchise. This was a deep, really good roster that got a lot better during the draft, and that will come out in the wash this fall. Casey Nickel, I'm so glad to have you with us here tonight because uh, let me tell you something. Where is it? You got one of these with your name on it, my dog. Zach and I and John, we talked about this, I think it was last week. Um, but uh, just how how – You've been a freaking ace the last week or so. This mug has your name on it, all right? State of being Mile High Huddle mug. Um, all we need from you is either on Twitter or email us. We need your shipping address, and we're going to send you out this mug. We really appreciate your support, buddy. Very generous of you. He says, and I can't show it all, read some of it on the back end, but he says, 
I love the draft, investing and creating depth. Also, people need to lay off of luck. Look at how many drops our wide receivers had. Those drops need to be considered and the sequence of negatives that follow. Very crucial point that you make there, Casey. In fact, it can be argued in at least two games, two games. If Jerry Judy doesn't come down with a virulent, terrible case of the dropsies, Broncos end up with seven wins instead of five. Talking about the Tennessee uh, Tennessee game in the season opener, and what was the one he did where he dropped uh, week six, week fifteen against the Chargers? I think it was. I can't remember exactly the week, but it was the Chargers game in the second half of the season. So yeah, I mean, a lot of drops, and it wasn't just Judy. All right, it was KJ Hamler, it was Albert O. Noah had a few drops. It's part of the game. But the Broncos were inordinately afflicted by drops last year, Zach, in the skill positions. They were, but you know what? For as as the way I'm painted as a lock supporter, I will even say there was a lot on lock last year as well. He missed a lot of throws. He took a lot of sacks. He he turned the ball over too much. He was too erratic. That's on Drew. But he didn't get help at certain times from his, his offensive line, from his play calling, from his receivers. All of those things added up into what last year became. That's why I can't understand the people who just are adamant it was Locke and nobody else. No other factor, no other circumstance, nothing. It was all on number three. That wasn't the case. You can argue he was the biggest culprit in what happened last year, but he certainly was not the only culprit. Dave Glassman, one of our Twitch VIPs, good to see you, bro, and a Facebook super supporter and a super chat superstar. This guy wears many hats, and he is very appreciated. Dave, love you, buddy. He says, I still want to know if Twitchers is a word. <laughs> Got it. Go Broncos, run it back with lock, MHH, state of being, uh, DB for life. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks, Dave. Um, yeah, that's an existential question. We don't know the answer, right? All right, Nick Adams, a newer name on super mm, chat. So Welcome. Appreciate you. Connect with us on Twitter so that we can uh, keep the conversation going. He's all about Aaron Rodgers. What's the latest on Aaron? Zach, you mentioned a couple of rumors today uh, during KK, if you yeah. want to recount those. And I can even bring up uh, this this article that we're going to cover at MHH here this evening after the pod. Did you notice he was at the uh, the horse race yesterday and he wore a name badge that said Turd Ferguson? Not Aaron Rodgers, so I thought that was pretty funny. He has a great sense of humor. Um, what, what I've heard, there's so many things flying around right now, but basically he wants the Packers to fire their GM. That's how it would be, the bridge would be repaired between Green Bay and Aaron. I've heard he's going to retire. I've heard he doesn't want to come back. I've heard he wants to host Jeopardy and leave the NFL. There are so many things flying around about Aaron Rodgers right now. I believe it's a holding pattern, though. And I would still be surprised, like I was with Deshaun Watson, even before his off-the-field stuff, I'll be surprised if Green Bay trades Aaron. I will, too, at the end of the day. Um, It just really depends. I mean, you don't want to use this. It's not. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. 
The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. So much, uh, you got to be careful of the precedent because as valuable as Aaron Rodgers is to your, your franchise, if you're the Green Bay Packers, allowing the co uh, a player to dictate your GM, not just to say like help hire a GM, but to fire a GM. I mean, that you, you're going to have a hard time showing up at the NFL owners meeting and with a straight face uh, if you allow that to happen. So I still think I'll be surprised, but I think it's like a 40, 60, 40% chance he doesn't end up getting traded. But it's better than people think, you know, might think the odds. By the way, George Newton, thank you for that super chat, buddy. Uh, reach out to us, connect with us on Twitter. Zach, here's the, the report that came from – whoops, i got to bring it back up. Uh, here's the report that came from Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. Um, stand by just one moment here. Uh, it says, quote, indications are that Aaron Rodgers wants to be out west. This is today. All right, this is as of today. So we have to start with the Denver Broncos. They have left all their options on the table by not drafting a quarterback over the weekend. GM George Payton says he likes Drew Locke. He likes Teddy Bridgewater. He's comfortable moving forward with those two. But if Aaron Rodgers is on the table, I think he'll at least look into it. We already know that. Yeah. All right. We already know <laughs> that George Payton has looked into it. All right. But he was told, no, we're not trading Aaron Rodgers. And Zach, I think the reason why nothing happened that night when it felt like it was this close to happening as we were live for the first round was the Packers, man, that's a big decision. This is arguably the second best quarterback in team history behind Brett Favre and it's kind of sandwiched in between Brett and uh, Bart Starr. You can't just all of a sudden on a on not so much of a whim, but like a very short-term upswell of publicity trade Aaron Rodgers. Like you got to like know what you're doing here. And so they t took a step back, exhaled, 
And they wanted to be able to plausibly telegraph to their fans, we're not giving up on Aaron Rodgers, the greatest quarterback of this era, um, arguably, for the Packers anyway, we know, um, willy-nilly. You know, we're going we're gonna to do our due diligence and try and salvage this thing. But guess what? I'm, I'm um, you know, I'm, I can be man enough to acknowledge or I'm smart enough to know part of the strategy behind the Broncos completely uh, ignoring the quarterback position. Yes, it's a vote of confidence in Drew and Teddy. But I think, Zach, there is some truth to the fact that it's also leaving their options a little bit open in the event that Rodgers truly does become available. Yeah, and the next date to monitor for that is June 2nd when a majority of his cap uh, his cap figure for this year makes a trade more uh, plausible. But, you know, I tend to think there were negotiations. I tend to think that George Payton and the Packers were talking trade. I don't know what happened, though. Something fell through. Either the Packers said, listen, uh, call us again in June and we'll, we'll talk then, or they were working out compensation and the Packers wanted too much. Peyton wasn't willing to give up enough. They didn't want to take on the contract. Something happened here, Chad, that made this deal fall through because I have never seen that before, especially with a player of Aaron Rodgers' magnitude. I've never seen so many reports in those 15 minutes that were so furious and then out of nowhere – we got that Cliss tweet that the Broncos actually weren't having negotiations and they're going to make a pick at number nine. There's something going down. And I, you know, I still think he's not going to be traded, but uh, after June 1st, it becomes way more of a possibility. And we know that was part of the hangup too, was the financials. This all happened so quickly. It literally happened. Aaron Rodgers leaking all this stuff out to, to the press day of the draft. And it's not to say the Packers were completely oblivious to his beefs. He, they knew what, that he wasn't happy. But as far as that push on the public stage, I mean, that was that that happened that day. Um, anyway, real quick, Veach, appreciate you over there. One of our tweeters to quote Dave Glassman. Did you catch Vic Fangio's irritation in the press conference when he talked about Peyton sticking to his board instead of going to positions of need? He looked really surprised. I did see that. I know exactly what you're talking about. I didn't sense irritation. I really didn't, my friend. So – I'll, I'll circle back and check it out again. Um, Alfonso, appreciate you, bro. Connect on Twitter. Welcome. Do you think Aaron Rodgers takes this roster, Zach, to a Super Bowl? I don't know that he they go there, but they definitely be contenders. And I put this on Twitter. When you and look at my tweet, if you look at the roster, I mean, you add Aaron Rodgers to that roster, the running backs they have now, the receivers, the tight ends, and that defense. How could you not look at that as a a legitimate title contender, Chet. I would say they get Aaron Rodgers, he stays healthy. They win at least, at least 12 games this year. All right. I want to go through the remainder of the class, Zach, but let's do it a little bit rapid fire. Not a little bit, a lot rapid fire because we're at 55 minutes. So A plus. Baron Browning, agreed. A plus in the third round, last pick. I mean, phenomenal, phenomenal. Um, Caden Stearns, we already touched on Caden Stearns and Jamar Johnson, so we won't spend too much time here, but this could be your future safety tandem. But, you know, Justin Simmons is here for the long haul. So this is, you know, a, him or and or Johnson, both picked in the fifth round. You know, they're going to vie for that third safety role in Fangio's defense this year, which comes along with some serious playing time. And then one of these guys will replace Kareem Jackson next year. We'll see how it shakes out, Zach. I wish I can take credit for it, but someone in the comments said it reminds them of 2016 when the Broncos had Parks and Simmons in the same draft class. It's actually a really good point. It reminds me of that as well. 
Um, we already touched on Seth Williams, the Auburn wideout in round six. Round seven, we touched a little bit on Kerry Vincent, the scrappy nickel corner. Similar to uh, Williams in that, you know, it's not that he's not good. He's very good. If you question this pick at all, it's just simply where's the compliment, you know, in terms of what does he bring that you don't already have? Because you have two, you have one elite nickel corner in Bryce Callahan, arguably the best nickel in the league currently. I mean, Chris Harris has lost a step or two. I think Bryce Callahan is hands down the best nickel corner currently. And then you got Isang Basi, who showed some serious chops at the position when Bryce got hurt. Then you add Kerry Vincent. I think Kerry Vincent, though, is significantly more talented than Isang Basi yeah. and presents a plausible successor, uh, successor uh, to Bryce because Bryce is in a walk year. If he doesn't play well or suffers with injuries again, he's not coming back. Exactly. They've had him for going on three years now, and he's been hurt for the majority of two of those years, uh, Bryce Callahan. So we mentioned this before, and this is again George Payton addressing cornerback and thinking of a potential 2022 overhaul at that position with Fuller and Callahan and Walkiers and Bassey and Darby being injury risks. Then the Broncos drafted Jonathan Cooper, and most of you can remember the edge rusher from Ohio State from our War Room mock draft exactly one week ago tonight. We drafted him late on day three, and I think we drafted him, Zach, a little earlier than he ended up going in the, in the real thing, but he was a day three pick in the MHH War Room. Broncos got him seventh round, and this is a guy that, you know, if you can, if you can stay healthy under the wing of Von Miller, under the wing of Bradley Chubb, this is a guy that could be very, very interesting for your Denver Broncos, 6'3", 259, Four six speed on the edge. Interesting guy. Under the wing of Vic Fangio, under the wing of Reggie Herring, Chad, and you, you look at the Broncos linebackers: Vaughn Chubb, Malik Reed, AJ Baron Browning. Now you have Cooper. That'll do pretty nicely. And then, of course, we got Marquise Spencer, the defensive trenchman from Mississippi State. I wasn't too sure about this one, but the more yeah. I looked into it, talked to Eric, talked to Nick, the dudes, this was a great. I mean, this is more than a flyer. Usually these seventh-round picks, it's like, hey, you know, Chad Kelly, let's take a chance. This guy could really be something. You know, the biggest issue for Spencer, for him, has been weight management and motor. He's not a guy that gives 100%, 100% of the time. And, Zach, as we know, with Bill Kalar, that doth not fly. So <laughs> he'll either burn up in the atmosphere or be, you know, melded into that, you know, in the refiner's fire, he'll turn into a sharp tool or a really shiny gem. Time will tell, but he has the talent. Yeah, if Spencer has earmuffs, he has to lose them fairly quickly being around Bill Kolar. And maybe I'm alone in this, but I want to see more of Deshaun Williams in 2021. But to have another developing prospect behind Shelby, behind Draymond Jones, I can't hate it. The seventh round, I'm good with it. All right, last thing, and then we'll go and rapid fire our remaining superstars here. Um, bear with me. Let me blow this up here. So the Broncos today, uh, it was reported by Nine News, Mike Kliss have signed, geez, uh, let me get to it here, 11 college free agents. They are, uh, to wit, tight end Sean Bayer from Iowa. Might be Bayer. I'm not sure on the pronunciation there. Um, linebacker David Curry from Georgia Tech. Devontra's Dukes, wide receiver, South Florida. Drew Himmelman, the solitary single-only offensive tackle acquired through this year's draft class uh, from Illinois State. Warren Jackson, a local boy from Colorado State, wide receiver. Nolan Laufberg, 
offensive guard from Air Force. Another wideout, Brandon Mack from Temple. All right, then we get to Mack McCain, a corner from North Carolina A&T. Andre Mintz, this was the guy the Broncos had to pony up some coin. All right, he was very coveted. Multiple NFL teams came in trying to land him. They had to pony up 85K guaranteed to get him to sign. Edge rusher could be better than Malik Reed, could be another Shaq Barrett, you know, in chrysalis, you know, just waiting to develop. Time will tell. Adam Prentice, a fullback from South Carolina. And then lastly, linebacker Curtis Robinson from Stanford. So I'm not going to lie to you guys and, and pretend that I know much, if anything at all, about any of these guys other than one or two. But Eric Trickle has an article coming out tonight covering each one of these guys, who they are, what they bring to the table. And then maybe, Zach, we can reach out to Eric and see if he wants to come yeah. on for a segment tomorrow night and talk about some of these guys. I think it's interesting, though, that they acquired so many receivers. I mean, they picked up three in UDFA. They drafted uh, uh, Seth Williams. I mean, they were fully stocked there. I, I think they needed more, but hopefully Himmelman can be the savior at right tackle, giving some sort of depth behind Juwan James and Calvin Anderson, but we'll see what happens. And even Sean Beyer, you know, from, from Iowa, he's coming from tight end U. So he might not have had the athletic traits that made NFL teams drool like over Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson and even George Kittle before them. But George Kittle was a mid-round pick. But Sean Beyer was groomed and developed by those same coaches. So he's an intriguing guy to keep an eye on. He's the Jake Butt, you know, why blocker tight end replacement for this year, I'm assuming. All right. Let me uh, let me see where we're at here. We are at one hour. So um, let's grab Meek and we'll see who else on the back end we might still need to get to here. But Meek, it's good to see you, bro. Appreciate you. He said, can Patrick Sertan, I love his. Uh, me too. Yeah. I love this PS2. You know, it's rad. Uh, can he be a trade piece for A-Rod if that happens? Hashtag let him hate. There is literally no chance of that happening. None. Zero. Yeah, Put the, Broncos, exact. the Broncos the, pick Sir, for Sertan for themselves. I don't think the Packers would ask for a cornerback. They would probably take Simmons or Bradley Chubb before they ask for Sertan. All right, real quick here. There's one last little gem um, that I want to show everybody. Um, but before we get to that, let me just grab Brandon here. Appreciate you, bro. How do you compare George Payton to Elway on the way they draft? You know, it's hard to say until we see it come out in the wash, you know, as far as some of the players, how they develop and whatnot. But one conspicuous um, thing they have in common, Elway's last draft as GM, 10 players. Peyton's first draft as GM, 10 players. Hmm. George Peyton proved with flying colors, for the most part, he's a man of his word when it comes to the talking points he does put out into the media about the darts and the dartboard and increasing your chance of hitting by increasing the, you know, the volume of darts that you throw. That I think is very cool. Zach. Well, we, it's kind of hard to tell because we had what 10 Elway draft classes and we had one draft class from George Payton. So I want to see the trends and uh, notice the patterns with George Payton's drafting. One thing that jumped out though He's not taking chances on many project-type players or character concerns. I mean, he was looking for proven guys from proven programs. I thought that jumped out to me. And also, like you said, that was a point I was going to make. He stuck to his guns. I mean, he took the number one defensive player on his big board and Patrick Sertan. He identified running back in round two. I mean, these weren't popular picks, but he doesn't care about popularity, whereas maybe Elway – 
would kind of acquiesce to the fan pressure, the media pressure, and make it more of a spectacle than George Payton made it. Well said. All right, let me see here. Zach, we've got uh, Dennis here. If you wouldn't mind grabbing Dennis, I'm going to yep. check some things on the back end. Absolutely. Dennis jumping in, $5 super. Thank you so, so much, Dennis. Hope you're doing good this weekend. He goes, Aaron Rodgers is so revered by fans, coaches, and staff, except for the GM. There would be a mutiny in Green Bay if they let him walk. Tough call, Rodgers versus GM. Well, they're not letting him walk. I mean, they would trade him for a King's Ransom, probably, what, two or three first-round picks, probably a star player, maybe two, like, you know, someone like Bradley Chubb. So you look at that kind of haul, and if you're the Brock, uh, Broncos, if you're the Packers GM, you have Jordan Love. You drafted him last year. He has a year in the system now. You have a great offensive-minded head coach in LaFleur who can get his quarterback up to speed, but they're not Aaron Rodgers. And that's what I'm thinking to myself. This guy is coming off a literal MVP season. He is the face of Green Bay. Why would you want to move on from that? There's always ways to smooth things over. And I don't think... Uh, Roger's feelings are irreparably damaged by what's happened. I think he wanted some security. He wanted more weapons around him. He wanted his contract to be uh, addressed this offseason. But those are all things that can be hammered out between now and maybe even June 2nd. But one thing to keep in mind, there's no owner in Green Bay. The fans own that team. So interesting situation. Indeed. While we still have Dennis with us, he had another one too. Appreciate you, bro. He said, uh, if we do get Aaron Rodgers, not likely, in my opinion, does Drew and Teddy vie for QB2 with Rippon gone? Jeff Driscoll gone anyway, or would the Broncos trade Drew and keep Rippon as QB3? By the way, great draft coverage. Thanks so much. Appreciate that, brother. You know, I think if you do go out and acquire Aaron Rodgers, you probably look into trading Drew Locke or yeah. Teddy Bridgewater, one of the two. Um, probably ends up being Drew as far as value yeah. out there. But that's a bridge you cross if and when you get to it. Rippon in that scenario would default to practice squad, probably ends up being a casualty. But if you traded Drew as part of that with Aaron Rodgers, even if it's not to Green Bay, you end up trading him somewhere else, then Rippon sticks around as QB3. And Driscoll, I'm telling you now, he's not making it to week one as a, as a Bronco. I mean, they acquired Bridgewater, which you can look at as some sort of a strike against Locke. If they went all out for Aaron Rodgers, it means that the Drew Locke era is over. And George Payton was kind of just pulling a fast one and keeping everyone at bay before he got a future Hall of Fame quarterback. I'm in full agreement. Whether they trade him, cut him, whatever, if Rodgers comes here, Drew Locke, there's no reason for him to be behind Rodgers on the depth chart. Brian Van Voorst in the house. Good to see you, brother. He says, hey, Priest. Love the draft all around. I want Locke versus Bridgewater, and I honestly see Locke winning. I don't want the same problem in three years if we get Rodgers, so he is uh, a no from me. Well, that wouldn't preclude me. Like you guys, As you guys know, and if you were on with us Thursday night, you heard this. We are two of the biggest Drew Locke supporters in Broncos media. But if push came to shove, you're choosing between Drew Locke and Aaron Rodgers at 37. That's not really a decision, man. Rodgers has at bottom, at bottom, three good years left in the tank. At bottom, health willing, right? Five years could, I mean, look at Tom Brady. So I would still do it. I would take the chance, even risking what you potentially could be uh, on deck to, to return from Drew with the development you put into him. I would put that on ice for Aaron Rodgers. 
I think it's funny, though, if they do get Aaron and the Broncos in the future draft a quarterback, wouldn't that piss him off, too? I mean, he'd be in the same exact situation he's in Green Bay now. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, you get, at minimum, two or three years of elite-level MVP play. And if with this roster, two or three years of that, that's it. I guarantee you at least one title. All right, we got another one here from Dwayne. Zach, if you want to get this one started, and I'll chime in. Yeah, Dwayne jumping in, 999 Super. Thank you so, so much, Dwayne. Is that a new name, Chad? It is a newer name, yep. Welcome, Dwayne. Thank you so much. I uh, hope you uh, connect with us on Twitter. Drew's 8-10 and 10 as a starter, his record, dealing with the bug year and injuries as well as coaching changes. Give him one more year to prove he's as terrible as people think or a capable, I assume he means starter. That's all we're saying. And Dwayne, thank you. That's your first comment that we've seen. And we can't echo that enough. If he's not the guy, he's not the guy. But let him show that. Because if you don't, and if you just start Teddy Bridgewater willy-nilly, you'll never really know what you have in Drew. And like the Buffalo Bills a few years ago, if they would have cut bait on Josh Allen, they wouldn't have known what they had in Josh Allen either. Not comparing the two, but you at least have to give it that opportunity. If he bombs, he bombs. But let him bomb, like the question states there, on his own. Well said. Can't, I've got nothing to add. Appreciate you, Dwayne. Uh, Simon, up in Canada, good to see you, bro. By the way, we need your address because you won one of these mugs as well Thursday night. So reach out, give me your address. Uh, great draft by Peyton. Roster is looking real solid. Do you worry if Locke has a couple of bad starts? Fangio will move too soon to Teddy B. Locke needs a real chance to develop. And I, then he says, I hope he's able to rise and show his talent. Too short. I mean, you got to define what it means. I think the leash on Drew, it'll be two losses in a row. For the Broncos, you know, depending on some context, like if Drew plays really well in two losses, then it's a different thing. But if Drew is a primary factor in two consecutive losses, suddenly the Broncos are talking about replacing him. You know, if it ends up three, I think it's a guarantee Drew gets benched for for Teddy. That's the situation he played himself into. You know, for all the good we say about Drew and the ups, he did display some serious downs. And this team on the heels of five consecutive seasons of missing the playoffs, their patience is worn thin. And it's not all Drew's fault, but they brought in Teddy as a failsafe for a reason, Zach. And so I think it's about a two, three game window in terms of rope that Drew will have before they yank him. Yeah, you know, I, I obviously we're in agreement, Simon, that we would love Locke to get the chance to develop, but this is a mostly playoff-ready roster, a win-now roster now. You can keep sacrificing your, your season and wins and losses because a quarterback is still developing. So if he wins the job, it'll be his, and he'll control his own destiny. The better he plays, the longer he starts. But if he has two bad games in a row, or the Broncos are losing miserably, or there's just no offense at all, Vic Fangio, I think he's a lame duck this year, uh, You know, all things being equal, and he would want to save his own behind and maybe switch quarterbacks if that happened, maybe after two bad starts. Call of Judy again. Thanks, buddy. He says, I was very disappointed by the fans trashing Sertan on Thursday. How are three quarterbacks supposed to help us win? Hey, dude, you're preaching to the choir, bro. Now it's up to Locke to put up or shut up. That's what I said when the Broncos went on the clock uh, uh, Thursday night. It was like, how many quarterbacks do you need? Well, you know, and I understand the answer is, you know, the right one, right? You need that elite guy. Well, Justin Fields, all right, even if you think he's that guy, he can do that for you. 
he's not going to do it this year. The odds say, the odds say he's not, he's not going to beat out Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke in all likelihood year one anyway. This team was never drafting a quarterback, guys. Right. I mean, they never were drafting a Q because they have to win in 2021. I think if there, and this is all speculation on my part, but I think there, if there's one guy that Peyton did love, it was Trey Lance, and he had no chance at him. So I think the Sertan hate was Broncos country taking out their aggressions of not getting a quarterback on Sertan, kind of like people hating Mike Boone after the Philip Lindsay departure. You can't blame the player for a management decision. Uh, our friend Crudum, a.k.a. Chris, who we had on the show last week. Good to see you, bro. Appreciate it. In Peyton, I trust. Great draft. Hope Manning helps Lock process pre and post snap. Also, hope Lock fixed the footwork and deep ball accuracy. Like what I see when Lock is clicking, and then he goes on to say, uh, he deserves another shot. Yeah, the talent's there, guys. And I'm with you. Like that was one of the things that was alarming at times, especially during his dip midseason. Um, was he showed regression in terms of processing. But I, you can't jump to conclusions on that because of all the other mitigating factors. He didn't have a preseason. He didn't have OTAs. He had a really weird-ass training camp. So you don't know if it's this just he's a guy that just struggles between the years. But that was never the book on Drew coming out of Mizzou. There was never any real – uh, evidence that he or Buzz or you know a coach putting a bug in a scout's ear that he struggled on the whiteboard, none of that. So I'm more inclined to chalk that up to when we saw some processing, you know, a little too slow, missing things pre-snap, missing things post-snap. I chalk that up to just 2020 was an outlier of all outliers. It was, and you know the the Sam Darnold people that were caping for him this offseason, they would always say, go watch his tape. He actually made some really impressive throws that only he could make. Well, put on Drew Locke's tape. Put it on from 2019. Put it on from the second half of last year. He makes horrible throws sometimes, awful decisions, and it makes you hold your head in disgust. But other times he'll make a throw effortlessly that makes you go, oh, my God. We might have something here. So if the Broncos just tap into that a little more, like the Panthers are doing with Sam Darnold, they could reap those rewards because there is solid evidence on tape of Locke having that and showing that elite arm talent. CC down in Australia with the super chat. Really appreciate that, Thank my you. friend. Uh, connect with us on Twitter and welcome. All right. Um, also, Kevin, big Kevin in Florida, one of our OG superstars saying, what's up, fellas? Loving our draft. Me yeah, too. buddy, we're, we're with you on that. It's great to see you. Uh, George Newton again. Appreciate you. He says, I got a feeling Javante Williams, the running back from round two, will be special looking at his film. Thoughts? Hey, we're right there with you, dude. This guy is exciting. He's an exciting player. We can't wait to see him take the field. I mean, he's got some juice. I think he takes Gordon's job by midseason. He becomes the RB1 and never looks back. I, I really like the pick a lot. Uh, Jake Gerard, we got to really muscle through these last ones quickly. Sorry, guys. Um, sorry, I have a better offer. General Payton, that's my GM. All right, <laughs> that was guys. hilarious. Good cue. Thanks for the reminder, buddy. Let's because I I know there's a lot of fans uh, watching who don't know what we're talking about here. Uh, oops, that's wrong. Hold on one second. Let me find the the right one. Stand by. Uh, there we go. Hey, let me. Let, I got someone else who's going to give me more. Thanks. <laughs> Hello. Hey, Nikki. Hey, Howie. Brian. Oh, you guys are f-ing me every time. Come on, Terry. It's just a. T- <laughs> we're giving you a top. We're giving you a top four. We're good. 
Okay, I'll keep, let's keep you on the line. We call that in. Patrick. I love this guy. George Payton, 2024. Classic. Get on board. Classic. That, that, uh, we wrote an article around that today, and it's, it's been viral. It's going crazy. So, um, yeah, that's classic. I mean, this is, these are things you're going to remember forever with, with George Payton because not often do you get the window into the world, not just like him making deals and whatnot. Mickey, New Orleans, right? Terry, Atlanta. Uh, we knew who he was talking to in those moments. We don't know who the first person was that he hung up on, but still it's, it's going to feed into whatever legend he ends up creating for himself. He looks like a seasoned pro. I mean, rookie general manager, I think not. He looks like he's been doing this for 10 years and he has in Minnesota. So Broncos are in excellent hands, Chad. Excellent. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's one of the takeaways from just this entire off season, but it was really hammered home over the last three days that this is a man that knows his business this is a professional in the in the field, uh, an expert, and he knows what is up. All right, real quick, Zach, I'm going to check one last thing. I think we're caught up, but let me double check because we don't want to leave anyone out in the cold, and then we got to dip on out of here. But don't worry, we'll be back tomorrow night. It's all good. Um, yeah, we there's a lot here. So, Zach, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw up Mark Anthony. Um, and then you start knocking them down, and I'll yeah. keep loading them in because the stream yeah. jumped them. I can't show them on screen. So here's here's Mark Anthony. Uh, Mark jumping in, 499 Super. Thank you so, so much, Mark. He wants to know, been with you all all weekend and appreciate the content. If we don't get Rogers instant instant blue balls brought to you by Manscaped. Yeah, you know, it, it is – I'm sure it is tantalizing from a Broncos fan's perspective. You know, Aaron Rodgers, the carrot dangling above your heads – Listen, though, even if they don't get him, I think they're in good hands. I think they'll be okay, and I think they'll have a good season. Um, agree, 100%. Grab, uh, grab Dwayne. Yes, Dwayne, again, jumping in. Thank you so much, Dwayne. Good to see you. 499 Super. Peyton definitely won the arms race for the secondary this offseason. Yeah, he uh, he loaded up for Bear Chat. He realized the Broncos were badly uh, in bad shape in the secondary last year. Like you mentioned, starting, you know, Parnell Motley and Nate Hairston, he overcompensated in a good way, locking down Simmons, bringing in Fuller, bringing in Darby, uh, bringing in Sertan. And now I mentioned this on KK, what was a Broncos weakness last year is a Broncos strength this year. Love it. Indeed. And here's one from Brandon. He says, uh, I'm loving it. New, fresh blood. And then he also says, how do uh, we did get that one? Okay. Yes. Fresh blood. Indeed. And then we got Jaden Torres. Good. It's been a minute. Great to have you back, Jaden. What's up guys. Great draft. Love the Sertan pick. How likely do you think it is? We signed Cortland Sutton and Bradley Chubb long-term keep up the great work long-term. I think it's almost guaranteed for both. Almost not quite, you know, nothing's guaranteed very rarely anyway, in the NFL, they picked up Chubb's fifth year Sutton. I think you'll get a once they know for sure how that knee is. Exactly, I think you'll see an extension probably first half of next of the football season. Exactly, they're going to let both players. They're both under contract for 2021. They're going to let their play this year dictate their long term uh, contractual projections. All right, I think this is the last one, gang. Um, and then we got to dip on out of here for this evening. It's from Stu Primakov. Appreciate you, bro. He says sorry, not much donated. Uh, sorry, not Talk much. Donated you. two times last time. But imagine if we drafted a solid right tackle round two, we could have gotten a running back later. I hate taking running backs that high. Hope I'm wrong. 
This reminds me, I know you agree somewhat, of the K.J. Hamler pick last year. Kind of a luxury pick. The Broncos didn't really need a receiver in round two. They could have gone for a safety. They could have gone for a corner. They could have gone for a right tackle, and they didn't. I like the Williams pick a lot. I think he'll be the three-down workhorse of the future, but right tackle still scares me. Juwan James still scares me, and having nothing but Calvin Anderson and Drew Himmelman, I think his name was, as the only other options, that's pretty terrifying. They're bank they're really banking on Juwan this year. They really are, and that's oh. dangerous. That's the danger zone. Highway to right. <laughs> Tom, Canada. Love you, bro. Peyton's funny, but serious. Let me tell you something. I wouldn't have guessed that he was that funny after how because he comes off as a very circumspect, serious cat, right? I didn't peg him to be that kind of, you know. Uh, I mean, just kind of, you know, cagey, kind of smart aleck, you know, likes to get the room a laugh, and that's for sure. I like how he went back and forth with Terry Fontenot, and knowing that the Broncos nearly hired Terry Fontenot, he's in Atlanta now, I thought that was a really cool moment between two rookie uh, GMs. All right, guys, last one for sure, and then we are out of here. Brandon again, wow, thanks, buddy. That's what, four or five tonight? You're the man. Aaron Rodgers, better watch out what he says. Uh, Hooch's mama will come out of the woodwork and go after him. Look at Watson. Oh, he's saying tinfoil hat, you know, about Watson. None of these um, accusations about the, you know, massage tables and whatnot came out until he was trying to force his way out of town. We get what you're saying. All right. We get what you're saying. But, uh, but yeah, I don't think you got to worry too much about Aaron. He's also married, I think, and I don't, I don't believe Deshaun – or engaged, engaged, married, engaged, whatever. Deshaun Watson was single. So, yeah, two different players, two different men, I think, two different individuals. I don't think Aaron Rodgers will ever have that problem that Deshaun has. All right, one last thing we got to do um, real quick here, and then we are going to have to get on out. And, guys, trust when we say we lament when we do have to say goodbye, uh, even though it's just till tomorrow. Because we have an absolute blast talking with you guys. This, I mean, we love what we do. Believe that. Um, but, Zach, we just got to quickly shout out, again, our great Facebook super supporters and stars over here. Randy, Dave, Gary, Brad, Nick, each one of you. Thank you so much, guys. And if we didn't get to your specific question or comment, uh, shoot it over to us in an email, and we can try and answer it specifically tomorrow night. Uh, But that's got to do it for today's episode, the gut reaction to your Denver Broncos 2021 NFL draft class. It was a doozy. We've had fun being with you. Follow the pod on Twitter at HuddleUpPod, at MileHighHuddle. Follow BuanaBeast on Twitter at JohnKMHH. Follow Zach on Twitter at KelbermanNFL. Myself at Chad and Jensen. Don't forget to become a supporter over on Facebook. Get access to our premium VIP video and podcast content. Kelberman's Corner, Sundays at noon. The Trickle Zone, Saturdays at noon. And with that, Zach, see you tomorrow night, bro. Have a great start to your week. You as well. Everyone out there, have a great rest of your weekend. We will see you guys tomorrow night, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. 
The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.